0: today don't really have a select passage to speak from uh, Paul had asked me a few weeks ago um, to speak uh, on some of the things that we've talked about in our Monday night small group and uh, going through the deeply formed life and as as many of you know and as you've seen in the announcements we've been going through that book as that group uh, for now at least a couple sessions um, it's really interesting really challenging uh but it's been a great time with everybody um and if I were to give you a summary or a brief statement about what we have talked about so far, I would say it would be this: uh, we have learned and discussed that if if we truly want to live a life that is formed by God, then we need to slow down to His rhythm in order to do so. Um, to shorten that down into more simpler phrase that we can maybe remember in a little bit of a shorter moment, basically slowing down into formation, slowing down into formation, kind of like a a NASCAR. When it comes to caution, everybody slows down into formation. Um, But when we stop and think about this, slowing down into formation or having our life deeply formed by God, uh, when we stop and think about this, if we stop at all, we realize that our lives have been formed by many different experiences, especially our spiritual lives or a walk with God. However, in our world today, it has become very hard to slow down or stop and take time to consider and work on what truly needs to form us. That is our relationship with God. Uh, in the book, uh, Richard Velotus explains it like this, and it's a very interesting quote, and I'll read it to you now. Uh, in 1901, an American doctor named John Harvey Gardner coined the term New York-itis, to describe an illness that had symptoms including edginess, quick movements, and impulsiveness. At the time, he said it was a disease which affects a large percentage of the inhabitants of Manhattan Island. As a native New Yorker, this is Rich speaking, I can't help but laugh and also gasp at these words. I laugh because Gerdner is describing a world long gone, a world without the Internet, high-speed cars, and other technological advances that inform everything we do. I gasp, however, because if New Yorkitis is what Gerdner observed more than 100 years ago, where does that leave us today? Gertner saw something in 1901 that captured the dangerous pace at which we often unwittingly live. Our world hasn't slowed down. Our world continues on, faster and busier. And we are reminded that our souls were not created for the kind of speed to which we have grown accustomed. Thus, we are a people who are out of rhythm, a people with too much to do and not enough time to do it. This illness is no longer a New York phenomenon. It has infected people around the world, and I see it every day. That is an interesting uh, read in an interesting statement, especially using Gertner's, uh disease that he coined, New York-itis, back in 1901. Yes, that's before the car took off, before we really had all our technological advances. The iPhone was not even, wow, not even, you know, no even knew what that was. You know, computers weren't even a thought then. Uh, <laughs> so think about the world we live in today and apply that New York-itis. But simply put, if we were just to condense that once again, we move too fast for our own good. Uh, we have too much going on and not enough time to do it, as we just read, that we don't allow much time, if any at all, to be properly formed. And we are left sometimes in a frenetic, a frenetic mess. Um, we find ourselves just being frantic about all that's going on around us or all that we're involved in. Uh, in the words of the great singers, songwriters of the 1960s, Simon and Garfunkel, slow down. You move too fast. You got to make the moment last. And we need to slow down. Uh, we need to slow down our pace, our rhythm, or as it's put in the book, we need to have a contemplative rhythm or a prolonged and thoughtful rhythm to have our life formed by God. Uh, one great example of that is found in the monastic lifestyle or the monastery. Now, when we read the word or hear the word <laughs> monastery, we tend to shut it, shut it down, shut it off. Uh, think it is old, think it is outdated, think it is strange. You know, images of brown robes, chanting, shaved heads, spending many years of your life in seclusion, no frills, uh, living in a dank, dark stone building, all those things pop into our head, right? Uh, it's not really appealing to us. But consider this, the monastic lifestyle is one that allows one to, to slow down secluded oneself away from the business or the busyness and distractions of the world and to spend time with God in thought, word, prayer, and even silence. Um, and that is something that we find difficult to do in our world and in our lives today, mostly because we are moving so fast and we are so busy that spending any moment of quiet for too long is uncomfortable, awkward, and difficult. Um, you know, we have this example, this monastic example, uh, or this monastic lifestyle throughout the Bible. Uh, we see it in many of the Old Testament saints, and obviously we see it in Jesus and his ministry. You know, we think about maybe Moses. He was in the wilderness for 40 years after he flees Pharaoh and flees Egypt, and he has this time just with the sheep, with the animals He's he's tending to as a shepherd. Um, And so in that moment, in that quiet moment, God calls to him in a burning bush. You know, Moses was such at a slow pace and in such a solitude and such a secluded area of the world that when he he actually is able to see the burning bush as he's walking through the wilderness. I'm sure many of us, if we were driving today or busily on our way to someplace and something was on fire, there was a burning bush. We might think, oh, that's interesting. and keep going. Right. Um, we see fire all the time. We see it on the news. We might see it, um, you know, in the neighborhood or something like that. But it's, it's something that we don't slow down to check. Um, maybe we think of David uh, in his solitude and his silence. Um, he writes many of the Psalms. We see that in his writing and his poetry. Uh, we think about Mary. After encountering all that she did with the birth of Jesus, going through the birth herself, and then obviously seeing all that happened in that manger with the shepherds and the wise men, it says that she pondered everything or all those things in her heart. She took the time to say, Wow, this is something bigger than me. This is something that is amazing, and I really need to let this sink in. And then we see Jesus, uh, mostly in his 40 days in the wilderness, right? His 40 days in the wilderness. Um, they are being mended to or tended to by the angels, but obviously also tempted by the devil. Uh, he's in the wilderness for 40 days. Um, and then also we think of the many times where he goes away, right? He goes to a desolate place to pray. He gets away from it all, goes to a desolate place to pray. And that's recorded numerous times throughout the gospel. So this monastic lifestyle is not something that was coined by the monastery or a certain, uh, you know, part of the church, but it's something that we have seen that plays throughout Scripture. Um, One of those plays out in Mark 1. Let's look at an example that Jesus uh, shows us in in doing this monastic lifestyle and slowing things down. Uh, Mark 1, verse 32 through 38, it says this, that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Very busy, a lot going on right there, right? And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go to the next town so that I may preach there also. For that is why I came. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogue and casting out demons. We see Jesus in this little snippet here in Mark um, with the whole city coming to him, right? The whole city is coming to the door where, the, where he is. Uh, and they're bringing all their sick. They're bringing all their lame. They're bringing all their demon possessed so that he can heal them. And he does, right? Anybody who comes, he doesn't turn them away. He heals all of them. We see it, it's a busy, it's, it's crazy, it's frenetic, and it's probably an exhausting experience. You know, I don't think we've ever had the experience that Jesus had it in doing all that, healing all those people. Uh, and I'm sure he was exhausted. And we see that early in the morning, while it's still dark, the sun has not come up yet. Uh, he goes out to this desolate place, this place of solitude, this place of silence, this place away from it all. Um, by himself to pray and spend time with God the Father. And meanwhile, back in the town, everyone is going crazy looking for him, right? When they finally get to him, they say, Lord, everyone's looking for you. Where'd you go? Why'd you leave us? Um, And we see that Jesus' response is perfect to this. He says, I just didn't come to do the work in this town. I came to preach the gospel to other towns as well. I'm, I'm just not here about, you know, Nazareth. I'm not just here. You know, to do this, I have to go to the other towns also, but it also shows that Jesus understood, though he be fully God, yet fully man, as we know, that for him to keep going in this ministry, to keep going from town to town, to ultimately do what he was going to do on the cross, to die and rise again, uh, to do his ministry, and to do the will of the Father, he had to slow down. He had to get away and he had to spend time with God in solitude. Um, and think about this. Let this think in, sink in. If our Savior did this in his life on earth, then it is ever more apparent that we need to do the same in ours. If our Savior sought to get away, sought to find moments of silence and quiet and solitude in places where nobody was, to spend time with his Father in prayer, And understanding his will and and basically recharging to keep going on his ministry. If our savior did this, then it's obvious, more apparent to us, obviously more apparent to us that we need to do the same. We who are not Jesus, we who want to be like Jesus, we who want to share the message of Jesus, we who want to show Jesus to this world, we are far more weak and far more frail than our savior. But we see this example. We see this example that in order for us to truly be in tune with God and in so doing in our ministry and our lives, we need to get away by ourselves to those places of quiet and solitude with God. Um, another biblical example, this is a great one, maybe this speaks to us a little bit more, hits a little bit more home, I know it does for myself. Uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42, uh, the story of, of Mary and Martha with Jesus when Jesus comes and visits them in his home. It says this in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So we see here Jesus is, is visiting Mary and Martha's home, and, and he's, he's teaching, and we have this picture of Mary sitting at his feet and listening to the teaching, soaking it all in, taking the time, taking that moment. Um, but Martha is, is running around, going to and fro, trying to do everything and serve as, as the good host, as I'm sure she's, she's trying to be. But we see that she's distracted. She sees that she's going at this frenetic pace. She's, she's too busy and, and she, in her annoyance, seeing her, Mary, her sister sitting there quietly at Jesus' feet and not helping out, she gets upset, right? And, and she says, Lord, look at how I'm, I'm just, you're going hard, working, serving, and Mary's not helping. And he, she even commands Jesus, tell her to help me. Um, We've all been in those moments, right, where we're going so fast, we're doing too much, and, and we get annoyed that maybe somebody isn't at our pace, somebody isn't right there with us, and that they're maybe going slower or, or taking a break. And we say, hey, tell that person to help me. What's wrong with them? Um, And we see that Jesus tenderly addresses her by telling her how worried and distracted she is with all the busyness, and that Mary has actually chose the good thing um, to be in that moment. In the moment, she chose the good thing that presented itself. She chose to slow down and take the time to spend with Jesus. And Jesus isn't saying to Martha, and he isn't saying to us that we shouldn't be serving, that we shouldn't be doing work, but that she shouldn't get so caught up, and that we shouldn't get so caught up in the busyness of the work that is before us, that we We miss the opportunity that we are not attentive uh, to what Jesus might be calling us to do, that we are not attentive to the moment to stop, slow down and spend time with him in order to allow him and allow his teaching to help us form us. You know, he's saying to Martha, yes, work is okay, but you are distracted. You're not paying attention, you're so busy that you've lost sight. You can't slow down. you don't even know what slowing down looks like. you know you don't know what stopping looks like martha and, and so that that story speaks to us as well. You know we sometimes don't know what it looks like or feels like or even experience the slow down to stop and and to really sit there at the feet of Jesus and allow his teaching, allow his word, allow those times of prayer and silence to form us. Um, Rich in the book uses this uh, following quote from the West African theo- theologian Robert Sara. And this is what he writes. He says, Jesus rebukes Martha not for being busy in the kitchen. After all, she did have to prepare the meal, but for her inattentive interior attitude betrayed by her annoyance with her sister. Christ tenderly invites her to stop so as to return to her heart. The place of true welcome and the dwelling place, dwelling place, excuse me, of God's silent tenderness from which she had been led away by the activity to which she was devoting herself so noisily. Um, yeah, that, that's us in a nutshell sometimes, right? Devoting ourselves to so many things so noisily. Um, and, and we too, in those moments, are, are far more often like Martha, um, even though we really want to be like Mary. Um, we get so caught up with all the busyness of life that we forget, just as we heard with that song, to be still and to know that he is God. And, and this isn't something that just happens or that just needs to happen in our day to day. It happens or needs to happen in our churches, in our ministries, in our worship, in our small groups. Right. Sometimes we need to slow down and, and be still and know that he is God and all that we are involved with in serving him. Uh, There's a story in the book where where Rich shares that he has this, this famous monk come and visit his church and, you know, they're doing, it's a three service Sunday because they're a big church, small building. They have a big, big crowd or a large body. So, you know, they're there in the first meeting and, you know, he says, the worship is great. People are into it. And, And the monks there, we sing, we sing the song, be still and know that I am God. You know, and then we just keep right on going to the next song in a great praise. And he says, after the meeting, the monk is out there in the lobby with his iPad. This 80 year old monk has an iPad. Yes. Think about that for a second. Um, With his iPad, taking pictures, talking with people, having a good time. And, and Rich is thinking, oh, this is great. You know, he's going to really think this this whole church service was, was wonderful. He'll be impressed. And he the monk basically comes up to him and says, And, you know, hey, I need to talk to you about what went on there. He's like, can I have a word with you? And Rich says, before I even could respond, he starts rebuking me in the foyer with all these people around and not too quietly either, saying, hey, you sung Be Still and Know That I Am God, but you weren't still after it. You you didn't have that moment of quietness. You jumped right into the next song or right into the next thing you had to do. And Rich, Rich says, you know, at first, my first thought was, why don't you shut up and leave, old man? Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, as he thought about it, he's like, you know, he was right. He was right. You know, so often we think even in our ministry, even in our churches, even in our worship, we have to keep going to the next thing. And we, we don't take those moments to be still and know that he is God. And once again, we see throughout scripture how that quietness, how that solitude, how that moment with the Lord away from everything else truly helps us, truly forms us and calls us to maybe even a greater and deeper relationship with him so when we sing be still or or read in psalm 46 to be still and know that he is god then 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 it's not just something that we put on a pillow or on a wall you know in our church or in our home or frame it in a picture but it's something that we are actively participating in and seeking in our day-to-day life to be still to be at the feet of jesus and, and to truly know who he is in those moments of of quiet and solitude, um, and we think, how often do we miss those moments, being in his presence, being still in his presence, and if we're all if we're honest with ourselves once again, it's far too often it's far too often because we're far too distracted, and we keep ourselves from entering into that deeply formed life with God. Um, the late Japanese theologian uh, Kasuke Koyama wrote a book entitled The Three-Mile-An-Hour God, and, and Dr. Koyama was trying to convey in the book that if we connect with God, we'd be wise to travel at God's speed. Uh, God has all the time in the world, and as a result, he is not in a rush. Thus, Koyama's claim that God travels at three miles an hour is not an arbitrary figure. On average, humans walk at this pace, and it's in just such ambling unhurried, and leisurely moments that we often encounter God. Uh, N.T. Wright also affirmed it by saying this, it is only when we slow down, or sorry, let me read that again. It is only when we slow down our lives that we catch up to God. Think about that. It's only when we slow down our lives that we catch up to God. We live in a busy world, uh, we live in a world that's going at 100 miles an hour, maybe even faster, breakneck speed. We want our internet to be faster. We want the traffic to be faster. I drive 22, yes. Uh, there was an old joke uh, during quarantine. It's like, hey, when we come back, when you start traveling on the roads, FYI, we go fast now, you know, because <laughs> like, there hasn't been traffic. And people are like, hey, we can, there's not that much traffic, so we can turn this into the Autobahn if we want, just with traffic lights. That's not safe. Um, but, you know, we, we want to get to places faster, quicker. We want, you know, all these things to be faster, quicker. Um, we want things to cost less time, money, whatever, and, and to be done quicker. Um, not really realizing that sometimes when we slow down, uh, things are done better. Uh, things improve. Uh, things, uh, we we actually can stop and smell the roses, so to speak. So think about that. Think about how important it is for us to slow down. If we truly want a life that is, that is to be deeply formed by God, then we need to slow down. We see it in Jesus's ministry. We see it throughout the Old Testament. And we see it in so many of the believers that we know and read today who have had those close moments with God that when they do, it's because they took the time to slow down and really contemplate what the Lord wants for them. And so we need to get in those same same contemplative rhythms. Now you're saying, Steve, this is all good. This is all good. And yeah, I, I know I need to slow down, but what are some things I can do? What are some practices? What are, what are some steps? I'm glad you asked. Um, so in the book, there's actually four that, that Rich brings out. I'm just going to share with you and hit them quickly. Um, it says one of them, the first one is silent prayer. Um, silent prayer. So that's spending time in silence, not even praying, just sitting there listening to what God has to say. Uh, Mother Teresa in in that in in experiencing or doing that silent prayer prayer said this. Basically, I don't speak, I listen. And when someone asked him, asked her, Well, what does God say? She goes, He doesn't speak either. (laughs) And you're like, How does that how does that work, Mother Teresa? And and what she's saying, I'm just in those moments listening for God. I'm trying to quiet my soul, quiet my mind, to prepare it for when the Lord does speak, I am ready. Um, and obviously, that's hard for us to do in this this crazy, distracting, busy world that we live in. Uh, but maybe we start in small increments and, and build up to longer ones. Maybe it's just a few minutes. Maybe it's five minutes. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. Um, you will get distracted. You will get distracted. But we're all human. And, and don't beat yourself up about that because we can always come back. And, and that's the mercy of the Lord. For as many times as we get distracted, we can always come back. <laughs> it's that opportunity, that mercy for us to come back. So silent prayer, silently in praying to the Lord, in silence, just listening. Uh, Another one, something that's more Old Testament we think, Sabbath keeping, Sabbath keeping, setting a time during a day or an evening in our week to rest from our work, not as a reward, not as saying, hey, I deserve this, but because you know we know we need to recharge. We know we need to have those moments of quiet to spend with the Lord. And and we could still do essential life, work like making food. You know, we don't want you to starve. The Lord doesn't want you to do that either. But, but using it to relax, to get away from your busyness of everyday work or ministry, to spend time with God, or even do a relaxing and fun activity with, with others in your family, with others around you in the church. Uh, another thing is slow reading of scripture, uh, taking the time to read the Bible. Uh, maybe do it in short passages. Don't make it a reading plan. Don't think, oh, I have to read three, four chapters a day to catch up on my reading plan. If you're like me, I'm already 10 days behind my reading plan. Um, <laughs> I don't operate well with those things. Um, but take time, make it short passages, meditate on it, like we're told to do in Psalm 1. Um, chew on it like a dog. Shoes on a bone, right? You think about how a dog gnaws that big old white milk bone takes them forever, but they, they just stay there with it and they work on it. And, and that when we read scripture slowly, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, so take the notes, highlight it, pray, talk to God about it, sit there in silence and, and just let it, you know, you know, wash over you and, and, and think about how it impacts your life and applies to your life. So slowly reading scripture. And that also means maybe reading slow as well. Don't be a speed reader or skim it in those moments. Uh, the last one, the fourth one, a commitment to stability. Um, do these things with others. You know, we we can't do this all on our own, right? This 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 walk with God, this life with God was not meant to be done as individuals. Uh, that's why we have the church. We have the body of Christ to, to encourage one another and to do things together uh, like this. So we should encourage one another to, to be take these moments of quiet and solitude. We should encourage one another to, to read the scriptures slowly, meditatively, to keep the Sabbath, to get that rest, to do silent prayer. And you know what? We can also do it together. We, we can encourage one another and, and do these things with each other. Um, and, and we can also spend time in fellowship as we do them, outside of the regular scheduled meetings, right? Right. Uh, not just here on Sunday mornings or in our prayer meetings or in our Bible studies. We can do these things at, at other times, and it might be good to do them at other times with each other, because unity within the church and all these things will help the church grow. If we're a church that together reads the scripture slowly, together gets rest, has the Sabbath keeping, together spends time in silent prayer, think about all that might come because of that. And how we as a church might be able to, to work together and see things together and how we can progress and how we can interact and impact the world around us. Uh, so those are just some four uh, practices or steps that you can take to, to help you slow down or to to try to slow down or to use while you take those moments of solitude and quiet um, with the Lord. So in closing, if we want to have that deeply formed life with God, if, if we want to have that life or live a life uh, that is centered around Christ and not centered around our culture, then we need to get in tune with those contemplative rhythms, those slowing rhythms, those prolonged rhythms, and take the time to slow down and sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary did. And if we truly want to be able to interact with and address all that is going on in our world today, whether it be politically, socially, racially, etc., then we need to take these moments to be still in his presence and know that he is God because he is the one who knows how to handle it best. He's the one who's already addressed it in his word. He's the one who's shown it through the Old Testament and ultimately through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we want to know how to be Jesus in those moments, then we need to slow down because we move too fast. We have to make that moment last. We have to be still and know he is God. So I encourage you as much as I encourage myself. And know I didn't intend this to be a, a Christian self-help uh, moment, uh, and nor do I promote that. But I think this, these are just great steps and great things to think about, that if we truly want to grow closer with the Lord and truly have him form our life uh, that we can show to the rest of this world, then we need to slow down, be still, and, and spend that time with him in quietness and rest. Uh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, and we, we thank you for this message, and we, we thank you for these thoughts of just being quiet and being still. Lord, that, that is something hard for us to do. Uh, we confess that. We are busy people. We have a lot going on, um, Even not even amongst the pandemic. Before the pandemic, we, we still were busy people, and it seems like we're even busier now because we have more to worry about and more to consider. Uh, but Lord, we ask that you would help us. Help us, we pray. Uh, give us the grace. Give us the mercy. Give us the wisdom that we need uh, to slow down, to spend time with you in, in silence, in quiet, and in rest, in stillness, so that we may know who you are and that we may deep be more deeply formed by you and by your word. So Lord, help us. To know where we can do that in our lives. Help us to know where we need to slow down. Uh, show us how to slow down. And help us to take advantage of those moments. Help us not to procrastinate or put it off. And when we have that time to truly say, hey, this is a moment for us to slow down. And to spend time with Lord, the Lord. To be still and to know he is God. So that we can catch up with you. We can be in tune with you. We can move at your rhythm, and then respond based off of that. Uh, so, Lord, we just thank you. Help us to be like Mary. Um, help us to be like you and to find those moments to get away and to sit at your feet um, so that we can know and that we can grow in you. We ask and pray all these things in your name. Amen.